Welcome to the show. Uh, real quick, before we get started, if you enjoy the show, I'd love for you to do me a quick favor and just write a short review of the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that would really help me out a lot. I put the link in the show notes. You can just click that link and then scroll all the way down to the bottom and go to write review. I'd really appreciate that. Just a couple sentences. I think you can also do it on Google or Podchaser, but I'm not positive about that because I have Apple. Um, now, on to the show. I'm really excited about our guest today, Ty Willman. He sang in a band called Green Apple Quickstep. It's a long name, uh, but they had some great songs. They had songs on movie soundtracks like uh, Basketball Diaries and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, they had some music videos on MTV. One of them was even on, was, uh, even on Beavis and Butthead. And they appeared on the Conan O'Brien show. And I learned today that they even did a, a apparently they had done this month long European tour with Rage Against the Machine and Tool, which I was not aware of. Um, so that's pretty cool. And uh, Ty was also real friendly with the Pearl Jam guys. Uh, I read somewhere that he was even asked to possibly be their singer before they got Eddie Vedder. Unfortunately, I just read that right after the interview, so I didn't get the chance to ask about that. But there's a lot to talk about in this episode, plus Ty's new projects. Check it out. Welcome, Tyler Woolman to the Chuck Shoe Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is amazing. So like I said, I haven't found a lot of interviews with you guys. You probably did some back in the day, but probably in print or, you know, no podcasts or anything. So... Well, they didn't have podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think they did. Um, but we did some. Inter- we did a bunch of interviews, but um, you know, a few for like MTV, and I don't know where they hide those things. You know, right. I don't know yeah. how you access them. Yeah, I couldn't find some- them. So we'll have yeah, to just I- start tell your story all all the way back from the beginning. So, how did you get into music? Like, what age was there something that I, I think you said your dad was a musician, or he's into music too, right? Yeah. My dad, he uh, he was in a bluegrass band. Oh, in this wow. in the seventies, um, and all the guys would come over to our house, and back then they would play in a circle, you know, with a banjo and a couple yeah. acoustic guitars and a violin. And uh, you know, as a young kid, I was just really in awe by that. Now, was and, that and in Seattle that, or was this somewhere else? This was in Burien. Okay, which yeah. Would be, which would be, you know, yeah. in, in between Tacoma and Seattle. It's by like, see, yeah, I'm from the area, so I'm familiar with, it's like right. by the airport, basically, for people who don't know. Yes, yeah. yes by the airport, yep. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I got started for sure. And there was always guitars around. And, you know, I think when I was like 13 or 14, I picked up my dad's guitar and just started playing around with it, messing. So... And yeah. so that's that got you into music. But w- then what did you start? I mean, because obviously you must have had other influences than bluegrass. Like what kind of music do you start getting into at that age? Uh, it was like uh, I really started getting to music when I was like in, you know, grade school, you know, like uh, early uh, junior high. I was into like Ozzy Sabbath and and stuff like that. I was kind of a rocker. Oh, more metal stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of what it was. I, I also like, you know, later on, I liked U2 a lot. Oh. Early U2. I was pretty inf- influential to me. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because like you kind of you guys kind of came up in the 80s before the band broke in the 90s. And there wasn't as much of that kind of music around like U2. That's perfect because that's like an 80s alternative band. So, yeah, there was like R.E.M. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff. But. 
and then you know i got into the chili peppers you know sure and, and stuff like that or you know that was really exciting early stuff you know and it's like um and we kind of started out i think it was like i started 88 i was like 18 years old and i have a pretty good story of how i found the band or you know i, I knew these guys from high school but was um, this when it was, was called this- inspector love and the, the ride me babies that's correct. Okay. Yeah. And they were already a band and they had a singer. Okay. Uh, so I, he, they kicked him out or he quit or whatever. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Anyways, I walked down to the store by myself and there was uh, four people in a beetle bug. And I remember one of the guys was Dan, who was our my guitar player for Green Apple. He said, hey, do you want to go to Seattle and go see a show? And I was like, yeah i mean i was like 18 17 18 and a total stranger no no i knew him from high school okay you knew kind of not really you know and parties around okay there but uh i said sure so i i didn't know what i was getting into so we went and we went to the paramount theater and the bands were mother love bone soundgarden and jane's addiction oh my god I, I hadn't heard of, I heard of Soundgarden, but I, and maybe a little Jane's Addiction, but I didn't really know anything about him. So I walked in there and that just changed everything. I was just like, oh, this is what I want to do. There it and is. It was, there it is. Yeah. I love so, those kind of moments. Those like, aha, where you're like, this is what I want to do. I love hearing those stories. Yeah. I, I was in the middle, just, you know, just going like, oh my gosh. I mean, you could imagine that was like, I don't know if that was. That was before Nothing Shocking, actually. I think it was that first okay. Triple X record. I forgot uh, what that was called. Yeah. yeah, to see those three bands in like 1995, I mean, that would have been cost you a fortune. So, and the Paramount is such a, it's a pretty small venue. Yeah, it, it was It was just electric. Absolutely. You know, I was just like totally blown away. So after that, you know, I became closer friends and they asked me to come jam and I, I was in Inspector Love and the Ride Me Babies. You know, I didn't know how to sing. I had never sang before, but uh, you know, we just stuck with it. And just we were just kids having fun. Was that your first official like band? Had you yes. played? Okay, so you'd never even yeah. been in a band before. No, I never sang before. Did you ever play with your dad or anything, just like for fun and stuff, though? Or uh, not really. Okay, He'd, I'd listen to him play. He'd play all the time, but. Uh, no, we didn't really, we didn't really jam together. Okay. So then you guys played a, uh, I, th- I think this is maybe when you were still Inspector Love, you played with Pearl Jam back when they were called Mookie Blaylock. It was their first ever show at the off ramp in 1990. Do you remember that? I absolutely do. Yeah. That, that was, that was great. Um, at the time you did not know what was going to happen to Pearl Jam, you know? So right. it wasn't that, you know, I thought it'd be a bigger deal to play with Alice in Chains tell you the truth sure but, sure but i you know became close friends with stone and a little bit with mccready but i still talk with stone so he's been real supportive so you know that that's a long relationship that you know is, is real special he's a real sweetheart yeah so you you kind of befriended him because at that point i mean they were known for mother love bone but uh not you know you didn't think they'd go to the pearl jam level is what you're saying yeah, yeah, I guess they were big, you know, but it, it was a new band and, you know, a new singer and a whole new thing. And I don't remember really liking it that much. 
right away. You know, <laughs> interesting. Honestly, honestly, yeah. you know. Um, but I did get a chance to see Mother Lovebone once. I snuck into a club and I got to see Lovebone. So. Yeah. So Andrew Wood, the singer of that, I mean, he was, I've heard amazing, like he's really amazing in concert. And I mean, from what yeah, I, the video was, I've seen. He was, he was absolutely great. Yeah. I mean, just, and to be able to watch these guys, these singers, you know, just, you know, just makes you want to be better. You know, I mean, I, I would not put myself on any of those guys' level, but definitely it was just, it was school. Yeah. So like when the first time you saw Pearl Jam, what were your thoughts of Eddie Vedder? Was he doing like the hanging stuff from the, the rafters and everything? No, like, he was shy. Really? He was pretty, pretty kind of shy a little bit to start out with. And, okay. Yeah. Uh, he gave me a, at that show, he gave me a tape, a mixtape of like chili peppers, B-sides. <laughs> I wish I still had the tape. I have no idea where it went, but that's crazy. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. That's yeah. very cool. So then when did you guys yeah. change your name to Green Apple Quick Step? And is that from the bird song or what is the story with that? I don't know. I didn't make it up. Oh, it wasn't your plan. No, I, I, it might've been from the bird song and just kid stuff. I, I don't know where, really why they did it, but we changed it and we got uh, Marianne then joined the band and that kind of changed the whole dynamic and she started singing and, that's that's kind of where it took off, yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's pretty progressive at the time to have a female bass player. Not that there wasn't uh, female musicians, but a lot of it would be like it would be you know a female band like Vixen or something like that. There wasn't like this thing where you had a female member just in right. in, a, in a mostly male band. That was kind of a, a original idea. You had the Smashing Pumpkins and you had Sonic Youth. Um, but yeah, there was a, there was, it wasn't that popular, but, um, she, she's really talented. How did you guys find her? Did you seek out a female or was it just, no. okay. Friend of a friend. And she came down and she played really great bass and she could sing. And that gave us a little, you know, different angle than what was going on at the time. Yeah. She does like the harmony vocals and she sees, she sings leads on a couple songs as well. Right. Yeah. 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 She does. Yeah. yeah. And then did you guys, so you guys must have played, I think you played shows with Sweetwater. I think they talked about that. Do you remember those? Oh those yeah. Shows? Those were the, the funnest times. Uh, we, we were just, we were best buds and, and my sister's machine and war babies, all, all those guys, uh, that crew, we hung out even when we weren't playing, we'd go to each other's shows and it was, it was just a special time, you know, all those clubs. So it, like you said, you, you played with Pearl Jam and then, um, did you ever play with Soundgarden or Alice in Chains or did you have any interactions with those bands? Uh, yeah, we I, we opened for Alice in Chains once in hmm. uh, Olympia, Evergreen State College. Oh, wow. Uh, that was great. And we did <laughs> we did get a chance to play with Soundgarden um, at the Rock Candy, but we had to play after them. Interesting. Yeah, it was not... A really good decision because everybody left of course of course uh, except for me you know maybe a handful of people but it's it's just what we decided to do we just wanted to play oh that sucks well what year was that was that when they were at their peak or something uh, i don't remember it, it could have been 93 94 okay 
yeah. So that's when you had that album, the wonderful virus produced by Daniel yeah. Ray and the song, it's like such an underrated song. You have two, maybe three or maybe more of really underrated songs, but especially this one, dirty water ocean, um, were the lyrics inspired by like a specific incident or news story or was it, I'm assuming it was about ocean pollution. Is it not? Or. Yeah. I mean, it was, and you know, it, it was probably something that I saw like a story or something that I, I, I watched and, you know, tried to make some kind of content out of something I really didn't know about. <laughs> um, at that point, you know, being young, I, I, you know, what do you write about aliens and shit like that? Yeah. I just love that as a, you know, as a young person and even still today, I'm, I'm not the brightest guy. So some of these songs, like some songs people write and I'm like, I don't know what that song's about. Like I like it, but this song, I was like, okay, this is pretty clear cut, dirty water ocean. Like it's gotta be about ocean pollution, right? Like, I think I get this one. And so, and also it's just a catchy song. I think that was the more important part for me is that I like songs that are catchy and you can sing along to have a good hook. Yeah, no, it's a good song. It's fun to play live. Um, and it, you know, it's probably one of our bigger songs did a video for it. Um, right. Yeah, talk yeah, about that video because yeah. it's weird. I just watched it. You're you're playing music in like a kiddie pool, and there's kind of this like weird like Stepford family just like staring you at you and watching you. And right, right. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, dirty water ocean. It is what it is. I I can't really claim to really you know go deep of why i wrote it you know but i, I did <laughs> i, li- I feel like did they ever use that song in like a movie or or a documentary about pollution i mean that's like the perfect song for any sort of pollution sort of documentary or something like that right yeah i i don't i don't think they used it in anything that i know of hmm. but that was a long time ago and uh i don't know maybe the Surfrider foundation used it in one of their ads or something that I can't remember. Okay. Does for it, sure. Was it on, was that the one that was on Beavis and Butthead? Yes. Do you remember seeing that? What was your reaction to, to seeing your video on Beavis and Butthead? Well, Beavis and Butthead at that time was huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think my first thing was I, I had a girlfriend at the time and she was in LA and she said, I saw you on Beavis and Butthead. She called me like right <laughs> after. I was like, no, you gotta be kidding. She said no, and I. I think the first thing I asked was, "Did they rip us?" Yeah, you know, I don't that remember. Was, that was, did they? No, it, not really. Okay, it, it was kind of right down the middle of the road, it, it, but they didn't like say we sucked. I don't think but, they ever were really complimentary usually. So the fact they didn't say you just flat out suck yeah, was like probably it, a good thing then. It, that's a win, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and then. Um, is this, I think I read this online. I don't know if this is true. You did the, is it Reading festival in the UK with stone temple pilots rage against the machine tool pornos for pyros flaming lips. Like the list of bands yeah. goes on and on. Is that, did, would you guys really play that? Yeah. Oh, what yeah, are your memories we, of that we, show? Uh, well, we, they played the main stage, oh. but we played a, a tent. We played like a giant tent. They had different uh, stages. So we were on a smaller stage Oh, because we weren't, you know, we weren't that big headliners. You know, so. Sure. But, but I mean, we had access to go oh. anywhere. So, uh, you know, it was, it was amazing. Um, we did a couple festivals and then we 
got to do a month in Europe with opening for uh, Tool and Rage. Oh, I didn't know you did a whole tour with them. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we did a whole month, uh, the whole shebang. Um, and it was, again, that was, you know, school. <laughs> you know, those were just watching the, you know, Rage Against Machine play at these big festivals where the whole crowd, I mean, the, the entire crowd is bobbing up and down at the same time. It's just, you know, it gives you goosebumps. So it's what like did you learn when you say school? Like, is there certain just, just stage moves and things or like, there's gotta be like some professional things well, too. Like, yeah. Like how you are as a band, you know, how you, you know, like how you get along, you know, like, and you get to see these guys behind the scenes and like, and they were just really great. You know I mean? Their songs were great, you know, and they just, they just, and, and this kind of music I loved, you know? So it was just, it was just a comfortable place to be. You know, it felt good. It felt right. You know, I got, I'm really lucky. I got to do that. Absolutely. Did you have yeah. any um, conversations with uh, like Maynard? Cause he's such an interest. He's such a fascinating guy, but he also seems very introverted as well. Yeah. Uh, not too much. Uh, but we did have um, Zach would ride on our bus because he wanted time away from the band, mm. you know, just, but, and so he, he rode on our bus a few times, you know, and that was, that was cool to just sit and talk with him for like, you know, however long it took to get to the next spot. Um, really cool guy. Very. He seems like genuine. really smart. Is he very intellectual? Like, with his yeah, little, those kind of lyrics and stuff, you got to be like educated and read yeah, a lot. He, and, he's totally smart and and just totally there. You know, he's, he's it. There's no bullshit. You know, there's. I mean, there's just he's he's just one of the greatest singers. He's, I don't even know if he's a singer, but whatever he does, he kicks ass. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, for sure. They're back together too. I think, I think, I think they're coming here to Phoenix. So I, I want to see, I never saw them back in the day, so I'd love to see him live. You never got to see him. Yeah. I mean, there's so many bands that I just, for some, whatever reason, I just didn't see live. And right. I'm like, I'm like kicking myself. Cause I lived in Seattle in the nineties and I missed so many shows that I should have went and seen, but you know, yeah. you just, for whatever reason you don't go or nobody wants to go with you. And you miss the yeah. dates because there's no internet. And so you're just like, wait, they, they were playing. Because we went to go see Rockstock. I don't know if you remember that show. And it was like Candlebox and Tool. And I guess there was a second night that Soundgarden played. And we didn't even know about the second night. But Where was that? Do you remember? Oh, it's like, I want to, oh, it's like some sort of like mid random, like outside of Olympia, small town in Washington. Like it just like this oh, okay. like fairgrounds or so. Like I want to say it was like Monroe, but I don't even know if that's right. That actually sounds right, Monroe. Yeah, kind of I in the middle that. of nowhere. Yeah. And right. then you guys toured with a Grunt Truck. I remember that band, too. And Sister Psychic? I, I'm not familiar with that one, though. Yeah, well, I, we didn't tour with Grunt Truck. Oh, it wasn't Grunt Truck? Okay. Did you do no. any shows with them? Uh, Yeah, we did. We did a few shows. Oh, with just Grunt shows. Truck. Okay, not a tour. They're just a few shows, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, friends with Ben. Uh the, the singer, great singer, great band. Mm -hmm. So, um, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, Sister Psychic too, a good, great local band. Yeah. Yeah. So you did a lot of U.S. tours, and then 
Uh, you know, like three or four, four, four U.S. tours on that first album, and then on the fourth U.S. tour, these are like this crazy stories I hear interviewing musicians. All your equipment and your van is stolen. Did you ever get that yeah. back? No, lost everything. I think it was an inside job. Really? Um, with the, somebody with the club because it was done really. We got the van back. Okay, it was empty. And all of our gear got stolen, so we had to end the tour. That we were on tour with Paw. Oh, okay. Remember that band? Yeah, they were yeah. Rockstock with a Candlebox and Tool. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so, so I we saw had them. to we had to fly back home, uh, which was just heartbreaking, you know, because you're is, I mean, all your shit is gone. Personal shit, you know, like great equipment, it's gone. So it's, yeah, it's just all gone. Probably nostalgia with some of those instruments, like, you know, a guitar that you really love and, and things yeah, like that. Well, there was an acoustic hummingbird uh, Gibson that got took and that was worth a lot of money and it's real special to Dan, our guitar player. <sighs> sucks. Yeah. yeah. So do you have insurance or you just have to eat it? I don't remember. I think we, I just can't, I don't, I don't remember. Okay. If we had insurance or not. Uh, we, maybe we did maybe through the record label or something. I don't know. Okay. But, well, anyway, so then you come back and then you start work on the second album, which again, like you said, you had cultivated that friendship with stone Gossard from Pearl jam. So for the reloaded mm-hmm. album, he produced it. You reached out to him and asked for his help. And he said, he actually recorded at his home studio. You guys recorded there and he asked for no royalties. That's kind of like, isn't that, is that rare? That seems rare in this business that he would ask for. Cause what if the album just blew up? Then would he regret not asking for royalties? I think we would have worked something out yeah. if that happened. Um, but I think he might've gave more of his to Nick Dadia, who was the engineer. Okay. And, uh, and uh, he probably gave him, you know, his share or whatever, you know, or something like that. He's just like that. You know, he's just real generous sweet guy wow. so i know so that's just, just hard to believe yeah i mean i could understand him like taking a cut like hey i'm only gonna take you know whatever the usual royalty is i'll cut that in half or a quarter but it's like i'm taking zero royalties i mean that's that's pretty like amazing that he would do that and and it, and it, especially because after hearing these songs like dizzy we got to talk about dizzy that is one of my favorite maybe rock songs of all time. Definitely favorite wow. 90s rock songs. I mean, isn't that song amazing? It's so, what's wrong with it? It's perfect. It's like so melodic. It's got a perfect hook. And I don't know why that song wasn't bigger because I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I, I have no idea why that didn't take off. It's something, because we were, uh, I think what happened is um, Los Vargos was really gaining momentum um, on radio, um, you know, it was start with like, we'd go to Chicago and we, you know, we'd play a club and it was full, but because it was on the radio, Los Vargos, mm-hmm. I think what happened is they, they, uh, the record label didn't go far enough with Los Vargos. And they started with Dizzy when it was, you know, it just probably wasn't thought out. That's the, interesting. The okay. Cause I thought, Dizzy was the first single and then Los Vargos was the second one. So you're saying it was the opposite. Los Vargos was the opposite. Yeah. The opposite. Yeah. And it's interesting because those songs are 
very, I mean, all three of the, the singles, like if you look at even Dirty Water Ocean, I mean, they sound very different. They're all great songs, but maybe yeah. that's a little bit of the issue. It's hard to be eclectic as a young band, I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, we had all sorts of different backgrounds in our band. So, you know, we we just did it whatever we felt. I mean, you know, there wasn't any real format of what Green Apple Quickstep was going to do. We just kind of did it. Yeah. How did yeah. they get that song in the Basketball Diaries soundtrack with uh, that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Marky Mark yeah. was in it? And sorry, Mark Wahlberg, as he's referred to now. <laughs> he's he mad if you I know. I, I can't. I am, he's always Marky Mark to me. I, I try to ch- he, fix he is, it in yeah. my head. But uh, yeah, so then that, that's like a big thing of exposure for you guys because was reloaded or those first two albums that's they aren't major label right yeah they are oh they They, they were on they were on medicine records which was uh kevin patrick uh who owned that uh but that was like a subsidiary of uh warner brothers oh okay gotcha and yeah and to this day i don't own any of that and we did a third record have you ever you probably never heard that because new disaster I did hear disaster. Uh, kid. I heard that. I think I've heard that song. Oh, that was, maybe yeah, that was on uh, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. 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 Um, but I've been trying to get that on like, you know, Spotify. I, I can't, I have no access to it. It's just gone. Who controls it? This is, this is what had this. I know I went through it with like lots of people. And in the, in those days you signed contracts and you didn't, know what was happening you know and they're they're at warner brothers somewhere in a vault just never you know who knows the people that work there now probably don't even have never heard of us you know it's just lost that's sucks. yeah because i i'm trying to listen to um because i don't know if i'd ever heard the full albums of any of your albums so i mean i just heard a few singles and stuff on the radio so i'm going through on youtube and i can i can find some of the songs on youtube and I'm like, but yeah, I'm going on Spotify and I'm going, why aren't these on Spotify? So that when people go None to your, yeah, no, there's like five songs on there. Oh, is there? Yeah. Because they're from those on? compilations. So I don't know who, how that, I, I, you know, I don't know who put those on. It might've, it might be somebody at Warner brothers, you know, trying to cash in a little bit. It must be because, yeah. Cause I think those songs are on like, it would be like a nineties rock compilation or something. So you, oh. none of your full albums are there. But if you're yeah. on, you're on like some of these compilation albums, and so those are on Spotify. So then you guys have like five or so songs that are from compilations. Okay. Okay, are you not seeing that. the checks from those? Like you guys get royalties off these some of these songs, right? Yeah, not much though. I mean, <laughs> I mean you would, I wouldn't talk about, you know, fifty six bucks a month or no a year. I didn't every yeah like every six months or something okay. I mean, it's just ridiculous we didn't you know you know getting money yeah it, it didn't yeah it didn't it didn't pan out to to pay you know for us but it doesn't matter the experience you know we had and the fun we had you know nobody could take that away yeah but tell me about this show do you did you play at buzzard fest with uh alanis morissette jewel and goo goo dolls that sounds like a big uh lineup as well was that uh, in Europe? Uh, I don't. Yeah, possibly. It was in '95. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we did play something like that, but I think it was in Europe. I don't think it was America. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Just it was called Buzzard Fest Part Two or something. Right. 
Yeah, I, I vaguely I remember playing with Alanis Morissette because uh, I remember hanging out with Taylor, the drummer. He, he's in Foo Fighters. Now. Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So I remember you know hanging out with him and running around with him for a day. That's cool. fun. Yeah, that's really cool. And then you guys did this. T- explain this to me. I've never heard of this. Um, I mean, that's what they call it on Wikipedia, a residency tour where it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. So you perform several shows in these big, you go to big cities like LA, San Francisco, San Diego, and Phoenix, and you do several shows instead of just doing like one show and then moving to the next city, you do several shows in those cities. Like do you play different yeah. venues or do you play the same venue six nights in a row or how's that work? Well, uh, I think it, uh, we did, which was really cool on the East coast. We did CBGB's was one Ooh, of them. They were still we around. Four, huh? Yeah. But you would do it every week hmm. or, or like, you know, you would go CBGB's and you go to down to Detroit or you'd go to uh, Washington DC and then you'd go back up to Boston and then you just kind of repeat this, you know, for like a month, hmm. once a week, you'd be playing, you know, we played oh. CBGB's four times in a, a month. Okay. That yeah, sounds amazing. So, yeah. Cause I went to New York, but CBGB's is, it's like a clothing store now or something, which is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's no, like this really the real deal. It was, it was CBGB's. That's a lot of history there. What's that, What was that place like back when it was a music venue? Like dirty. It was <laughs> dirty. It was, it was, I mean, it was just historical. Yeah. You know, the bands that played there, you were just like, Oh, I'm on the same stage as, you know, the talking heads, early talking heads, the Ramones, Ramones, you know, just the list goes on and on, but it was like, yeah, it was very cool. That's amazing. And then you got to play a bumper shoot with seaweed and presidents of the United States of America and the super suckers now, because I'm trying to remember when did they, I feel like I, at some point wasn't bumper shoot free. I feel like it used to be free. And then, then they started charging. Yeah. I think it was early. It was free. But yeah, they started charging. When you and played, was it free? What's I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Probably a lot cheaper because I think now it's like really expensive. I don't even know if Bumper Shoot exists. In it. I, I oh, think really? it it might. It's way different. Yeah. I think my niece go. went a couple of years. She's really young and she went and saw some like DJ or something. I think it was like, you know, yeah. probably like $500 tickets she got for free because she's a young, cute girl. So yeah, yeah, it's something crazy like that. Yeah, I, I don't recognize hardly any of the bands when I look at the lineup. Usually, the, you know, back in the last couple of years, right? But obviously, they didn't do it last year. Sure, yeah, I don't know. So you haven't played it in a while since the nineties. I played bumper shoot, yeah, or no, bumper shoot. Yeah. Okay, only played it a couple times. That's yeah, that's cool though. And then. Do you remember uh, you played Conan O'Brien, right? Tell me about that experience. Yeah. That must have been a lot of fun going on TV. How scary is shit? <laughs> <laughs> really? That's interesting because most musicians go, no, I've done this so many times. What's the difference? And I like that. You no, like I the honesty. I, I never done national TV. No, so, um, I love we it. We did okay, though. I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't screw up, but it was, uh, it was high anxiety. Um but a lot of fun and uh, just a memory, you know, and I think it was the, I went to Boston the next day. I think it was like, uh, I went to a, 
a Boston Red Sox game at Fenway. Oh, that's legendary. It, that's yeah. on my bucket list for sure. And it was a, a day game and I walked out and it was the first time people recognized me because of being on TV. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this is cool. That is cool. Yeah. That's really neat. Did you sign some it autographs? Or? Sense, it has- <laughs> no. After this podcast, you're, you're making a yeah. comeback. Well, and then, so talk about the 10, what is it? $10,000 chain band that Mike McCready from Pearl Jam was his uh, side project. It was a one song. We did one song. It was, uh, we did uh, Oh Sweet Nothing by the Velvet Underground. It was on a Cable Guy soundtrack. Yeah. Underrated yeah. Jim Carrey movie, by the way. I love that movie. Yeah, it was a, it was a great one. Um, but that was, yeah, it was just a one song. We, we didn't have a band. We never played it live. We played it live once for something. Um, but that was that was it. Yeah. So did he recruit you for that? Or how did that come come about? I think it might have been a, a hand-me-down, a, P, a Pearl Jam hand-me-down, where they passed on it. Mm. But we were managed uh, by the same management company. Uh, Curtis management. Okay. So it was, it was somewhere within that, uh, somewhere within the the management where they, they put it together. Okay, cool. Well, that's everyone wanted. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, that's fun. And all these soundtracks, it's kind of neat to hear your music in the movies. I I think I'm a big movie fan. I don't know if you're a fan of those movies, but yeah. And then like some pretty good movies. Um, and then you do this, uh, do you remember the show when you did the deck, the hall? I remember hearing the commercials for this when I lived in Seattle, deck, the hall ball. And you, did you play with the cure and, uh, Everclear? No, no. Mm -mm. Did you ever play the deck, the whole ball at all? I don't think so. Well, then somebody lied to me on the internet and that's, that's upsetting. (laughs) What other Um, memorable shows do you have then? I mean, you guys have played a lot of great shows with a lot of great bands. Is there any other ones that stick out to you? Um, we did a a fishbone tour where we had, in a couple really really great shows because that their crowd was really they were packed and ready to go you know it was a us no effects and fishbone for a month um on the east coast and and i remember like there was a show in uh, ottawa canada that was just just one of those special special nights where everything went right and we also just played Two years ago with Candlebox at the Paramount. Yeah. A reunion show, two two sold out nights. So that that was with Sweetwater too. Oh man. I wish I I should have flown back for that. So when you're playing with uh but back when you're with Fishbone and No Effects, I mean those are pretty heavy, hardcore, like fast, aggressive bands. Is it harder to keep up with that? Because you guys kind of are all over the place. Like you have some kind of slower stuff, some more like uh psychedelic i guess you'd say like do you have to alter your set at all to kind of keep yeah. up with them okay yeah we, we definitely i mean we only had like a half hour oh okay so we could pick we could pick the heart the, the faster songs that, okay. that we wanted to play and we, we would alter it you know for for different things like that yeah okay that'd be and I'm, I'm assuming that um you know you play songs faster sometimes and more louder and aggressive live anyways right yeah sure yeah, yeah exactly okay yeah. That sounds fun. But yeah, so then, yeah, the, tell me about the Candlebox and the Sweetwater show. That sounds like amazing. How much time did you get for that one? How much time on stage? Yeah. I think it was like 45 minutes. Oh, 40, okay. 45 minutes. So everyone, you know, Candlebox headlined, of course, but sure. 
that was like a, a reunion. That was like definitely because Candlebox, uh, Kevin, he plays now, but he has a totally different band. Yeah, uh, the musicians. It, yeah. So, so for this show, he had all the his original original, guys, right? So it was really cool. Yeah, to see all that. What was your take on Candlebox? You know, because you <clears throat> came up in the late '80s, early '90s. Kevin was, I had him on the show and he was telling me, he was like, yeah, there's a lot of people that didn't like us. Like, uh, the singer, I think you mentioned earlier, the singer of grunt truck didn't like him. And a lot of people thought that they hadn't really earned their success that came so quickly. Well, yeah, they, 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 they earned it. They, they were standing out front of the Paramount handing out tapes. I remember, to, you know, demo tapes hmm. and, uh, you know, all, all the girls liked them, you know, so it, it didn't really matter. You know, they had lots of fans, lots of people, but maybe a few people didn't for some reason. But, you know, that's just the way it is. I'm sure people didn't like us, you know, but they sold millions of records, you know, so something went right. <laughs> yeah. Did you now you didn't you did those shows in 2018, but did you do other shows with them? Did you I can't remember. If, did you tour with them at all or? I don't think so. No, no, we didn't tour with him. You should though. Why don't you and Sweetwater and Candlebox? Why don't you do take that on the road? Do you think that would do well? I, I mean, I'd see it. Yeah, I, I don't know how many people remember Green Apple Quickstep. To tell you the truth, I mean, it's. I mean, there's older people like me and you that yeah. you know, definitely <laughs> do. But I don't know how many how many are left that are willing to go. Well, the people that would remember Candlebox. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. vein of music i mean it'd be i think it'd be a cool package otherwise i'll just have to fly up to seattle and see you guys right. do a, another w would there be another one of those kinds of shows at some I point don't know with candlebox but uh well i think green apple will, will do one because we had such a great time just hanging out you know just reminiscing because we hadn't played in 50 i don't know 20 years or something oh really it'd been that yeah, long I, I think the last time we played was like 98 Okay. Maybe. So yeah, that was when that, uh, so whatever happened to the, the new disaster album, you said, I probably hadn't heard it. Um, did that album not just get released other than the song kid or kid is the only song that got released. Um, oh. cause it's, that it. was on, uh, that was on the official, uh, was it Warner brothers? It was on the major, it wasn't on the subsidiary. It had been, it was Columbia, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how it worked, but it, it, it just came out on that soundtrack. Hmm. So that was it. Yeah. And they just didn't want to release it for whatever reason. Did they, you know what happened? I'll tell you. Okay. We were in New York and, uh, they, uh we were playing a show. Um, and there was a MTV show called smash or trash with Carson Daly. And this show lasted literally a month. <laughs> and they, they happened to put kid, the kid video on that show. And it got trashed. And once it got trashed, everything changed. They they shelved it. Just because of one dumb Carson Daly show? <laughs> I, that's what I believe, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's just weird because maybe that just wasn't the right audience for that kind of music. Because Carson Daly is more like poppy stuff that's... And you guys are a little bit more alternative. Maybe too edgy for Carson Daly. Could have been. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he didn't smash it. There was he, they had like 
right, but his kids. Yeah, because his audience, kids, though, all all the people that watch Carson Daly and love like those are like little twelve year old girls, and so they're right, probably not going to understand that music. That's what. Yeah, I think that's what happened, but you know, that's the way it goes, and in the music business. Because I mean, wouldn't they, 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 then the, the record label just has to eat all the money that they paid to have it made. Right. Yeah. They move on to something else. I mean, that's the way it was back in the day. They just, I mean, I, I spent a, you know, a million dollars, you know, I don't, I don't know what on what Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. So what about another, there was another song I thought that uh, hit a soundtrack the song stars it was on so that movie homegrown with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh yeah. Good one. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was that from that same it, album though? Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Stars was on that. Yeah. New so disaster. I guess, yeah, I guess it did. Yeah. But that was a, a that was a low budget movie. It was, mm. You know who was in that? Bon Jovi was in that movie. That's right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I kind of remember. Wasn't it about weed or something? I feel like I saw that a long yeah. time. Yeah. Okay. I think it was about growing weed. Yeah, yeah. Like it probably wouldn't make sense now. People be like, "Why would you need to make weed illegal? You could. It's it's legal it's everywhere. Just you just go store. to the store. You don't need to like have a home growing operation." <laughs> right. So, and then you did another project. Uh, with Cole from Sweetwater called uh, Calm Down Juanita. Tell me about nope. that one. No. Nope. You didn't do that? Oh, oh Cole might have played on that, but I, I think you're thinking of My Tai Water, which was a little project that oh. Cole did. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought I read it was Calm Down Juanita, or maybe that was the name yeah, of the song. He, he might have played on it. Okay. But that was just a, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was just a homegrown, like, little project. So do you have a lot of those kind of little, just like fun side project kind of things with other Seattle musicians? Yeah. I always like doing that. Definitely. Um, yeah. If you get a chance, you got to check out the new band. I mean, fires, which you got a record coming out and we're going to Milwaukee in August to play. We're going to play with sponge. I love sponge. sponge. I had Vinny on the, uh, on my show. Did you? Yeah. I love it. He's great. Yeah. He's we, a great interview. We played with sponge green apple, uh, early early on okay in, uh, in uh, vancouver canada um but this is going to be cool okay so this band's called fires is it just spelled <laughs> like f-i-r-e-s yeah fires okay what kind of music is it where's my camera there it is. oh wow that's a cool logo yeah it's kind of cool it's rock i mean it's 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 pretty cool and um Regan Hagar is in the band. He 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 was in um Satchel and Brad. The okay. Drummer. Yeah, Brad was a that was another Pearl Jam offshoot side project, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, with Stone. And uh the late uh great Sean Smith uh from Brad and Satchel played uh and sang on it as well. So it's it's a real special record. Okay, and that's it's out now or it's coming out. It's coming out, yeah. Okay. And then oh, you you played on speaking of Stone, did you you played on his solo album too, Bayleaf? Did you just do mm -hmm. one song on that one or I did a couple. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I did two, yeah. One one called Cadillac. And uh I don't remember what the other one was, but 
Yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun project too. So you're yeah. still friendly with with those guys? Yeah. Oh yeah. Did they return the favor and they play on your albums? If you ask them, are they too busy for that? Uh, I don't ask. Oh, you don't? Wouldn't that be fun though? To have you know? Yeah, I I just don't. They're just busy. I mean, Stone's got I have four kids. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's he's just he's a he's just a dad doing his thing and. You know, he's got his projects and they probably get asked that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I'm still friends with them, because I, <laughs> I I don't go that route. You know, that's true. That's a good that's a good point. And then I'm sure that, you know, if he ever offered his services, you could take him up on it. But, yeah, he probably knows that, you know, that you would say yes. If he said, hey, can I play on that record? I'm sure you're not going to turn him down. So, no, I wouldn't turn stone down. Right. So, and then tell me about, you have another project with your dad, uh, Lawson. You, have, you guys have an EP coming out? Yeah. Lawson. Uh, it's getting, uh, it's getting mixed right now by Steve Fisk. Um, great producer and musician. Um, this, yeah, this is a, a real s- special thing. Me and my dad finally got together and he wrote it, during this pandemic you know, he wrote all the songs like at his house on on drum machine and guitar and, you know, like just kind of crafted them. And then he sent them to me and I would, I you know, I do the singing at my house and then we took it into Litho and we just put drums on it and real piano and made it real. And it just turned out different, but it still has the 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 sample drums in the back. So it's kind of this weird kind of uh i don't know what you call it but it, it it's pretty cool I'll, I'll i'll send it to you when it okay. gets done and yeah. is, is this because you said your dad was a bluegrass musician so is this bluegrass or is this just Mm-mm. alternative or what would you call it it's alternative okay yeah, and it's not rock it's not it's, rock it's not rock i it's i don't know what it is but you <laughs> you listen to it and you okay. let me know what you think oh i'm so terrible at describing music i just know what yeah. i like like i love the green apple quick stuff stuff that i've heard i love it yeah. i'm like i want more of this i want to see you guys live and yeah. uh yeah but it's it's great so i'm sure that whatever you do the other side stuff that you do would be great too yeah it's cool it's a cool little ep that was a lot of fun to do and, and get to work with my dad yeah so back to Seattle though. Um, I had a question. I saw, I think I saw some stuff on your, might've been on your social media. Um, you guys, or maybe I just, maybe someone else's social media, but did you guys used to rehearse in the black dog forge? Is that what it's called? Yes. Tell me yeah. about that. That's where Pearl Jam, Soundgarden and the presidents, they all rehearsed at this place. It was like a rehearsal space in Seattle. Yeah. In the Belltown area. Um, it was, a. Uh, it was kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> why well we, i mean because you'd have you'd go down these narrow stairs you know like two flights of them okay and then you'd enter just this basement and there was no, no windows that there's no escape route so if anything were to happen upstairs with this and upstairs was a blacksmith shop with like fire and flame <laughs> oh jesus <laughs> christ that is scary yeah, so I, Oh my God. I was on edge a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. If there's a fire, we're, or, you know, something we're screwed, but yeah, there's a lot of history down there. I think, I think it's becoming a a venue. Oh, that's what I heard. Okay. So how did that work? Like, 
did you guys did you guys have to rent it or is this something your record company takes care of and they this, they just tell you this is uh, where you go or who pays for it? it? It's a Curtis management. It was a, a management. A thing manager. We were, okay, that makes sense. We were, yeah, it was like while like Pearl Jam was on the road and we weren't, we would go down there and practice. You know, and I think at one point they they moved out. We moved in and it, you know, it was it was just kind of like that. I don't really remember. We didn't mm-hmm. practice there for very long. And it wasn't open to the public. No. No. no okay. Yeah. But like, so some of the, like you mentioned, I mean, obviously I think we talked about the off ramp and rock candy. Like I remember those places. I remember this place. I think I saw a flyer that you guys played at a place and correct me if I'm wrong. It was, it's called the sit and spin, which is the greatest yeah. name ever. And I, I feel like I went there once. Wasn't it a laundromat that had yeah. rock shows? Okay. I did yeah. go there. I didn't dream that up. No, no, it was a full laundromat. And like uh, they had food and they had yeah. board games. They had yes. tons of board games. Yes. And then you'd go in the back and there was a full venue oh. and it was a really cozy, uh, great little venue. Great sound. Uh, too bad that place is gone, but yeah. Yeah. What cool. a, what a smart idea. Like I just, yeah, I've, I, I like vaguely remember, I don't even know if I saw a show or if we like went on a weekday and it was like an open mic kind of thing or something, but I definitely remember the name and going in and seeing all the, washers and dryers and stuff it's kind of smart yeah yeah you're right yeah that's a cool place so um another thing i noticed on your social media uh this artwork we got to talk about this dude it is your artwork is amazing it's so like and again i can't i don't know how to describe it to people so they need to just go on your uh instagram or facebook and check it out but the only way i could say is like it's very complex and it's very would you say abstract is that the word i I don't know if that's the right word but i love it I appreciate that. Um, as, and that, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I kind of drew, I'd been drawing this same kind of character, you know, all the time. And I just, you know, I just, uh, I just got into it and it's just kind of, it's more therapeutic in, in, than anything, Hmm. you know, and it's just, you kind of just get lost and, and it just kind of, I'm not, you know, like a real artist, you know, but it's just, it's just really fun. And I think you're, no, you're just, definitely a real artist. Like I could not paint that kind of shit. It, it looks really cool. Like I, I don't know how to describe it to people, but it, I, well, I don't, and again, it's like, I don't know how to describe it, but I just know what I like. I like this stuff. Yeah. I, I saw this and I was like, this stuff is cool. So can people buy this or. Yeah. I so yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Okay. With it, you know? Oh, really? You have like, yeah. a, do you have a website for that specifically or. Just through Facebook um, and stuff? Or? I just do it through Facebook. Okay. I, I put it up there and, and somebody will go, is this for sale? And, and yeah. And, they, you know, they're not expensive. They're just, you know, they're I don't sell them for a lot of money, you know, but they just, if I could make a couple hundred bucks. A couple hundred for per painting about, or? Depends on how big it is. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and how much the canvas costs, you know, and how much paint, do those canvases you know? cost for like a big giant, like canvas? Is that expensive? Yeah. It's like 80, 90 bucks. Oh, dang. Uh, yeah. For, you know, a pretty big one. And then they just, they, they go up from there, but they're not cheap. And paint isn't cheap. Yeah. Um, that stuff's expensive. So, My niece is into yeah. that. And like, I, I think, you know, I remember like, I think on for Christmas or something, I bought her some art supplies. I'm like, man, this stuff's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I'm, I, um, when I have time, I love to do that. It just kind of gets me out of my mind, you know, and just takes me away. 
No, that's great. Yeah, I really, I really like it. Uh, I might have to look at buying something for it. Like, I, you had this one where the guy was like, I don't know, like he was kind of bent over and like this, like weird, like fire or something was like coming out of his head. I was like, this is fucking cool, man. I love this kind of stuff. Like just weird right. shit. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to just see like a painting of a sunset or something. That's, that's, I want like weird, crazy shit. I like that. This is weird, crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So fires, Lawson, any, yeah. so green apples, quick step doesn't have any sort of future plans for new music or new shows at the moment, but maybe no, no, we're just coming out of the COVID, you know, we're, we're getting closer. I went to a show, you know, uh, last week, the first one I had been to, it was outside at this place called Slim's Last Chance. Um, and it was, uh, it was a band called the Dusty 45s. Really great band. And Are they local just, or? Yeah, I think they're local. Yeah. Okay. And they're, they just, it was just fun being out there and, People were out there and just yeah. having fun. And it was just, it felt a little bit back to normal. That's good. Like, That's yeah. good. So what else yeah. are you doing? Do you, do you have to, are you able to like work in the music business now or do you do something totally different for a day job or? <clears throat> well, I sell paintings and um, actually right now through this pandemic, I'm, I, I moved in with my grandfather because he is okay. going to turn 99. I saw next. your post that you guys went to go have a beer. You're like, when your grandfather yeah, says, yeah. let's go have a beer and a burger, and he's 99, yeah. you say yeah. yes. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, and that was a dark beer, too. That wasn't like some pussy Coors no. Light thing or something. That was like a Guinness or something. Yeah, it was dark. He drank the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's an incredible uh, guy. So I, I elected to come and like watch over him and you know help him out and oh. do some of his chores so I, I you know that's how i make money with my family that's great that's awesome yeah yeah and he, he's he's a lot of fun and I, I brought my dog over so i lost my dog to my grandpa because he loves him more than me oh shit what yeah that's not fair oh it's fine it makes my grandpa happy so well now you just got to get another dog and you have a puppy and you have two dogs <laughs> we share him yeah but um so that yeah that's that's what i do and you know play music and just survive you know well that's good that's great i, I i'm glad you're still doing the music stuff and the artwork is amazing um and besides like uh, helping out your grandfather is there a charity that you like to promote i like to always end with a charity yeah, or something know, I, I was thinking about that you said St. Jude's Hospital, yeah, uh, is 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 probably where I would go. You know, if that, that's up here, and there's one up here in Seattle. I don't yeah. know if they're everywhere. No, but. I think they are. I've had a lot of guests mention that one, yeah. so that's always a yeah. good one for people. If they Children's have a few Hospital, extra bucks yeah. after after they buy all your artwork, they can throw five bucks to St. Jude. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I'll sell a piece and I'll donate it. Oh, to that. that's cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Ty. I really appreciate it. It was fun yeah. reminiscing with you and hearing stories and learning a lot about the band because there was a lot of like holes where I was like, what happened here and there? And so that's cool to hear that all, all that stuff. I'm glad we filled cool. in the blanks. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate it. All right. Well, stay in touch and uh, let me know if there's ever any shows for Green Apple Quick Step. I'll come out or your other bands, if you're, especially if you're in Phoenix. So definitely come see yeah. you. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know for sure. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. 
Well, that was such a fun interview. Ty Willman, his original band is called Green Apple Quickstep. Check them out and uh, the songs Dizzy and Dirty Water Ocean, especially just two of my favorites. Uh, You can hear them on Spotify or YouTube and make sure to follow Ty on social media to keep up with his new musical projects and his really cool artwork. I I think I'm going to try to pull the trigger on some of that because I really like some of it. Um, I'd love to have your social uh, media support as well. It means a lot to me to get new subscribers and followers and likes, shares and comments, all that stuff. It helps the show grow. And also it just feels good that my hard work is acknowledged. So I really appreciate that. And again, if you can write that review by clicking the link in the show notes for Apple Podcasts, scroll all the way down to the bottom, uh, write that review. That would really help me out. And uh, I think that should be your mission today is to reach out and make someone happy. You know, it doesn't have to be me or Ty, uh, but go give someone some love on social media or write a really nice compliment or comment. And, uh, you know, it could be a stranger or it could be a friend or relative, but I think the world needs a little bit more of that right now. Don't you agree? Uh, Well, thank you for listening. I appreciate you, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Remember to shoot for the moon.